0: Welcome everyone, thanks for joining me today. Um, this is the final uh, in a long, uh, not a long series, but I think a very um, direct, to the point, high value series that we've, uh, with the conjunction with um, um, the people at Equi Marketing, Naren, Lila, everyone that set, set this up over time. Um, I think we've produced a, a quite a impactful series. Um, it's all available. It's all archived thanks to them. And I've been getting lots of great feedback via email and whatnot from people that are going through it very systematically. And so I decided to do something slightly different. Um, If you've seen the content that we've produced previously on the other webinars, this will be slightly different. What I kind of want to do today is put a bow on the whole thing so you can see how it all integrates into your life and practice and how you really turn up the fire and get results on a, on a more predictable basis as time goes on. So the topic today is lessons on necessity and purpose. The other thing that I wanted to, and to do today is integrate um, some of the insights that we gained when we interviewed our contributors for Titans of Dentistry. So it's going to be kind of a mashup of several different, several different things. Uh, I encourage you to stop me. You can raise your hand digitally. If you have any questions, I'm happy to go deeper in any of the topics if you feel like that would be valuable. Um, I'm super passionate about it all, and so sometimes I, I, uh, I go a little quickly, so slow me down if I'm glossing over a topic that you feel
1: like uh, we need to dive deeper in. Can be really valuable. It's
0: the opposite of what I've done for most of my career, which is just grit, hustle and and push against mother nature. And um, that about broke me. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. This is leveraging mother nature, leveraging science, leveraging everything that we know about the neuropsychology, positive psychology, the best research on what uh, high performers do, not just in dentistry, but in athletics and in Hollywood and in Uh, executives that have really lots of demands on their time and knowledge Um, so uh, I'm happy to share this with you and uh, again let's dive in but stop me if you have any questions along the way So I want to talk for starters about my purpose my why I have a nine-year-old son his name is Bennett When I moved to Colorado 10 years ago, my wife, Kara, was pregnant with him, and we came here to pursue a dream. We had a perfectly good life in North Carolina, nice house, nice cars, nice jobs, Um, but, you know, like Jim Collins talks about good is the enemy of great, and there was something more that I was longing for, and a lot of that was driven by experiences I had living in Europe for four years when I was an Army dentist. Um, that dream pursuit very quickly turned into a nightmare for me. Um, struggles with team, um, which is pretty common in dentistry. I wasn't a capable leader at the time. Uh, struggles with cash flow, maxing out credit cards. And when Kara, when it was time to deliver Bennett, uh, it was actually in the seventh or eighth month, uh, premature, Kara got really sick and was um, had to be medevaced to Denver, a flight for life to save her life and the life of Bennett. Um, I remember driving over that snowy pass wondering, like, is everything that I've ever worked for is this dream about to be, like, snuffed, completely wiped off? And so, uh, thankfully, he was born um, the next day about 2 a.m. without drugs, kind of a miracle, quite frankly. He had the best doctors available for the situation, but um, we came home within a few days of that. Um, we were a remarkable. Uh, ending to that story. But I would continue to kind of slog in the practice, trying to figure out marketing, trying to figure out leadership, trying to figure out my kind of clinical mojo all at the same time, which is really demanding on top of becoming, you know, trying to become an excellent dad. And that that really um, is a story of purpose and why, because there were times in the practice where I didn't know if it was going to be a crash and burn. I didn't know if I was going to have to move to Denver and take on an associateship there are a lot of question marks because things weren't going very well. They weren't going as planned for a lot of reasons. Some were on my own fault. Some were just those curveballs that life uh, throws at you to see what you're made of. And I remember looking at Bennett in his crib and kind of trembling on the inside from all the anxiety and all the pressure. And I said, Bennett, I don't know how I'm going to figure this out, but I'm going to find a way. And that's a story of purpose and a story of why and a story of necessity Um, that you can take away because there are going to be times in your career, in your practice where you're like, I don't know how I'm going to figure this out. And you have to connect to something else. And we'll dive in deep on how we really do that and how we strategize and how do we we discover our purpose. And it's this this big word. And if you watch enough movies and you read enough self-help, you think it's like, oh, one day I'm going to have this epiphany and this lightning bolt's going to come down and I'll have my purpose. I don't think it's quite works works like that, it's a process. And that's why I'm gonna kinda give you the seeds of that but know that it's something that gets clearer and clearer as time goes on and it goes into conjunction with one of our first uh, discussions on clarity. When I'm working with a client, I spend a lot of time talking about what do you want? That's a really hard question for a lot of people. And so we chase a little bit more, a little bit better Um, We have this notion that more must be better. And that's rarely the case. And so we need to figure out what our path is. The next thing I connect them is why do we want them? If we want this thing, say it's a new practice, and we don't have a great why, if it just seems like the next best move, or it's a good deal or whatever, um, it's probably not a very good what, um, because you won't have the drive to really see that that through it might just be kind of a knee jerk decision and we have to make sure because there's so much opportunity now there's so much information that we have a filter system to make sure that it's really the highest use highest and best use of our time otherwise we end up like on this hamster wheel and that's where I find most colleagues um, pursuing a little bit more a little bit better Um, money equals success there's a lot of bad paths out there and there's a way, there's a better way to integrate it all. And uh, again, I'll try and put a bow on all of it so you can see how all of this integrates. Um, A little bit more about my story. That was the beginning of what I consider the pit phase of my career, where just nothing seemed to be working out. Nothing seemed to be going as planned. Some days I would literally say, I just need to make it to lunch. I just need to make it to the end of the day. About, Three years into the startup, when things were just starting to take off a little bit, I found my wife face down on her laptop computer, and she had to be medevaced again to Denver to save her life again. This time, I drove across that snowy pass with Bennett, um, picked him up from preschool, again wondering, like, is this just not in the cards? You know, Is he going to live a life without a mother, and I'm going to live a life as a single dad, wondering what uh, life had in store for us? Again, thankfully it has a miraculous and, and hopeful, uh, a, a very positive ending. Kara had two stents put in her neck to save her life. Uh, the first couple days were really touch and go um, because there was so much bleeding on her brain that it, it uh, was causing some more problems and they thought they were gonna have to do a craniectomy to relieve the pressure. But after some um, clotting factors kicked in, she started to turn around and she went from not being able to talk and walk to very quickly being able to talk and walk. And um, our lives kind of started getting back to normal within a month or two. Um she still has some a little bit of uh, speaking numbers, some hangups there. Uh, now we're six years after the fact, but she recovered very gracefully. I did not. I kept taking these kind of, hits. And as an alpha male, you want to fix everything. And some of these things just couldn't be fixed. No matter how much work and effort and grit that I put into it it just took time and space. And when I was in those dark days trying to figure out like, how do I personally recover emotionally, financially? How do I keep things on the right track for my son and my wife? Again, that became another call to necessity and purpose. And allowed me to kind of persist and not stop moving forward, even though things were really slow from time to time. Um, and that is what drives me today. When I was in that pit, when things looked most bleak, I promised myself, again, connecting to purpose and necessity, if I ever got out of this pit, I would spend the rest of my career helping dentists avoid the pit and find their best year every year. And thankfully I did. And now I have time and the practice is thriving um, to spend um, coaching, speaking, connecting, um, podcasting, writing books to pursue that end. And it all goes back to my original purpose, which is to serve my family um, and to be a, a really good example for Bennett on how to take an idea, make it a reality, How to take a difficult time and turn that obstacle in an opportunity. So I set that groundwork for, for this story and this uh, explanation as we dig into necessity and purpose. Those two words to me are sometimes one and the same. They all have their, their special definitions, but you kind of have your micro necessities where you just need to do a good job for this patient. And sometimes you have the big picture necessities of serving a community and serving a team and serving your family. And the more we can connect to that, the more uh, power we have to push through when times are challenging and the more momentum we have when times are really going well. So keep that in the back of your mind um, for now and for the future, for future application. So one of the things that uh, we say in coaching is that you can never leave a place you've never been and all progress begins with telling the truth. And this is my reality. Um, I find most dentists are not enthusiastic, meaning they haven't figured out how to integrate uh, pleasure and purpose. Um, I'm around a lot of really ambitious dentists, high achieving dentists, but most of them are exhausted. So they're pursuing this finish line that never comes about um it's the i'll be happy when you hit this one goal and then you're ready for the next goal right away without celebrating your victories a lot of this quite frankly is people pursuing uh this i'm enough you know proving they're enough to their colleagues proving they're enough to their patients sometimes it's their spouse but it's sometimes driven by insecurity quite frankly and While I find a lot of these people admirable because they come from a place of service and a heart of gold, um, they don't see that when they look in the mirror. So part of this is just making peace with, um, you know, this is a journey, and we want everything to be perfect, but it rarely is, and that we need to climb and climb and climb. But we can't do that with, uh, we can't do that in a very predictable. High performance isn't sustainable if we're not stopping to smell the roses, if we're not grateful. So that's the integration of pleasure and purpose. I find a fair amount of dentists who reach out to me that are emotionless. They've tried everything seemingly and nothing works and they 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 have resentment for their patients, they have resentment for their team. They're kind of this um, emotionless dentist down and to the left. There's a few dentists I run into, not very many, I'm just <laughs> not in these circles I think, but but think because they have a dental license that they're entitled to certain things, a certain paycheck, a certain amount of time days off. Um, you and I know that the marketplace doesn't really care where you went to school or what your GPA was. They care how you're serving them, they care how you connect with them, they care do you have their best interests at heart. And so my goal in these conversations is to get people trending up and to the right so that we can figure out how do we make it, how do we make it all happen? How do we have a great practice, be a great clinician, be, you know, a great leader in the home, in the practice? Um, How do we have wealth, health, spirituality all at the same time? We think of this as an either or game, but there's a way to get them all aligned so they're all serving one another as opposed to pulling one another. And uh, I'll show you a framework that will help you with that if you're not there already. So what is necessity? Um, there's a few things that I think we need to talk about. Um, necessity Plato said is the mother of invention, like when I was struggling in practice, it created this resourcefulness in me that allowed me to kind of do whatever it took. I wasn't, I mean, I'm pretty introverted, but it got me on radio spots and TV spots to get the phone to ring. It was all driven by necessity. So I couldn't cling to uh, shy introverted Dave Muller. It had to be something more. To get what I needed, um, and that was all, again all connected back to wanting to create a great life for my family. Um, motivation. There's a great. There's a great book called Willpower Doesn't Work, and it really shows that we have this finite. Um, it's kind of like decision fatigue. We have a very limited capacity for motivation, yet we're kind of trained to wait to be motivated, and so we maybe listen to a, a motivational podcast or motivational music, but that wears out really quickly and so we need something that can sustain and that's necessity um, and the there's also this realization or this um, some people don't find the realization but there, i find a lot of people stuck and they're looking for the right time um, if you run a business or have a family you know there's no perfect time to start the business there's no perfect time for your hygienist to uh, announce that she's moving um, there's pregnancies, there's upset patients, um, there's your own when starting a family, there's no ideal time. And so we need to realize that motivation is for amateurs and pros do what needs to be done no matter what. So ne- necessity is turning our shoulds and mites into our essentials and musts. So it's dialing up the need, it's connecting our whats to the whys, like when I was talking about clarity, making sure that we are very distinct about what we want. I, over here on my whiteboard, it says, "Life punishes the vague wish and punishes the specific ask." Very clear on what we want, but it needs to have a compelling why, because another dollar um, will will run out, will run pretty thin. And we probably all know. I know several of them people that do quite well financially, but they're kind of broken because they haven't. Um, fostered the the health, the spirituality, the relationships that really uh, are the why for most people that are succeeding at a high level over the long term. So how do we trigger this necessity? Well, part of it's an identity. Uh, The thing that we can say for sure from psychology is that we'll never outlive our identity. We'll never outperform our identity for a long time period of time and so if we have this identity of uh for for argument's sake a five hundred thousand dollar practice it's really hard to get to a million and if you do you'll probably self sabotage back down to a half million dollar practice and so we need to foster our identity to say like i'm best in class here i'm best in my community there's no person in my county that runs a dental practice like i do that will bring with it the rewards Um, of someone who's performing at that level. Obsession sometimes gets a negative connotation, but most high performers become a little obsessed about, in in dentistry's case, fine-tuning their clinical excellence, fine-tuning the goodwill and case acceptance in their practice. So there's a healthy form of obsession, as long as you're not creating collateral damage in your relationships, as long as alongside that, you're also obsessed with Creating a great team and giving them a workplace that they can't get anywhere else. This can actually serve you. Um, power and obsession gets a really bad rap um, because we always hear about the misuses of that. Um, but there's also most people that we admire as leaders um, that that have developed themselves from a place of integrity, both historically and now, are obsessed about their pursuit of X, whatever their mission is, whatever their purpose is. A lot of times, and this is what I was talking about uh, in the beginning about my family, is we need to connect to obligation, duty, and purpose. And again, sometimes there's no distinction between obligation, duty, and purpose, but there's a question that I ask myself daily because it's triggered by the high-performance journal that I use. It says, who needs your a-, a game today? And if I'm going to give out uh, – uh, a cheat code or a hack to purpose, it would be this: um, most of the fulfilled people in society spend most of their time in growth and service, and that can be one and the same. But when we're inside ourselves, when we're so focused on being more and becoming more without any external growth and service, um, we become very frustrated. Like that, like that exhausted dentist I was showing you before, who's sometimes pursuing, I'm enough, that's an internal game. If we're not extending that same behavior out and saying, like, I'm creating a great workplace for for the six team members that work for me, I'm providing unparalleled service and and clinical um, excellence for the patients that trust me. Um, That extension of service is something that can serve you in return, but you can't start with getting, you have to start with giving. And thankfully, dentist is a, dentistry is an awesome profession. That because we serve every day, but sometimes we disconnect to that, disconnect from that, and that's where I find uh, most frustrated dentists is that they forget that they're changing lives, that they're giving people back their confidence, that they're really healing people, and it just becomes a factory job to them. So growth, growth. Um, sometimes I call it expansion, and. Service is really the name of the game here if we want to perform at eye level over the long term, which means for me, a lifetime. The other thing, and uh, it's super funny that this would come up this week, is that I've been off for like seven or eight days out of the office, uh, working from home on coaching stuff, and I have a big presentation that I'm delivering um, next Friday. And I was going to rehearse and refine and... The deadline wasn't tight enough, and here is a week out, and I'm still—it's not in the can. It's pretty far along, but I needed to give myself a tighter deadline to make sure that a week out I was fully prepared, and I was just doing little tweaks. Um, so uh, this brings this comes uh, this brings up a thought of very early on my podcast I had a guest on, and I um, I asked them a typical question that I'll ask a podcast guest, and I said, "What's the best advice?" you've ever received. And he shot fired back something that kind of caught me off guard. And he said, all projects in right before deadline. And I was like, that's not the smartest thing I've ever heard. And the more I thought about it, the more sense it made, because every speech, every paper, every project, every time I needed to wax up a case, if it ended right before deadline, it didn't matter how much lead time I had, it always ended right before deadline. So that's a way um, to lead your team, give them tight deadlines. Something that's realistic, but something that pushes them a little bit. This can also be used in goal setting. Um, the, when, I was a, uh, when I was a senior in undergrad, I remember the popular question to ask as we were graduating is, what's your five-year plan? And most of us had an idea of what we want to do in the next five years. Now things move so fast. A five-year plan is somewhat of a dream or a projection, which is perfectly healthy. Um, but we need to chunk that down into almost 90-day increments so it stays exciting enough because if we, if, we, if we make it a goal for the year, we're not going to even get started until October and November. That's just human psychology. If we, if we have more time, we'll take more time. I think that's called Parkinson's Law, uh, and a project expands based on the amount of time available. So it's easy to turn a three-hour project into a three-day project if we don't have tight deadlines. So all these we can use to trigger necessity and turn our shoulds into must.
1: I always like to give,
0: um, I talked a little bit about the pit and when I was in pit, the pit and that was financial, emotional. Uh, I didn't think very highly of myself. I didn't like who I saw when I looked in the mirror. Um, I wasn't a very good leader for the team. I think my clinical prowess suffered because of all that. I like to give um, respect where respect is due. I, when, I, when I was coming, kind of developing a plan of coming out of the pit, I told myself, or I wrote it down actually, that I wanted to learn from the very best. So one of my mentors is Brendan Burchard. He's considered the leader in high performance and I bring them, he and John Maxwell up almost every presentation because I'm standing on the shoulders of a giant. Some of the content that I deliver to you is my own concepts and ideas, but a lot of it was because I studied the best practices and the research that uh, Brendan and John Maxwell did. And so in terms of necessity, uh, this is a quote from Brendan Burchard, The necessity, the necessary zone is finding the necessity and giving more, serving more, and contributing more. High performers find it necessary to grow into their character as part of their identity to have the necessity to grow. So grow is something that I'll talk about at a a lot deeper level as we go on today. Uh, We already talked about identity, but you start to see how this all ties together. If we're going to perform over the long term or as opposed to just having a our best quarter every now and the, now and again now we have john maxwell he's considered the world's leading expert on leadership he said success is knowing your purpose in life growing to reach your maximum potential and sowing the seeds to benefit others so what do you know <laughs> growth and service comes up again and again and again when you find people that are performing at really high levels over the long term and are studying people that are performing at high levels over the long term. So I wanna dig into some insights that we gained um, when we did our research for Titans of Dentistry and you'll see how this all ties together. So these are words of dentists that contributed to that book. Um, High performing dentists, there's a pretty funny uh, Amazon review that's a one star review. It says the book is a joke and that we profiled the wrong people, and um, that these people have contributed nothing to dentistry. And we make it very clear in the book that this isn't a ranking of dentists. We just found dentists that were clear on their purpose and took that, their own path. So we can learn a lot from the from dying people, and the number one regret of a dying is I wish I would have lived a life true to myself, not the life that others expected of me. And you know, I'm sure we didn't bat a thousand here, but by and large, it really seems like the people we profiled were playing their own game and living a life true to themselves and carved out a niche and a lifestyle that was true to them, not just not just the norm. Uh, they weren't taking other people's visions and versions of success and prescribing it to themselves. So I'll start off with the first question. We asked, we asked all of them, in your opinion, what separates the top 10% of dentists from the bottom 90%. And Dr. Stephanie Zeller says mindset, a mindset for desired growth often leads to increased learning, greater knowledge to leverage and and an accelerated rate of return, including joy within one's career and monetary gain. So pursuing joy and purpose simultaneously, uh, something that I had mentioned before. And so we'll integrate this into what I call the power pyramid. Titans have a growth mindset. So this is, you'll, we'll build this out as time goes on. And this is what I would consider perfect engineering of a career and a life. So Titans are growth oriented. If you have an organization, I think if you're running a practice, you should have a grow or die mentality because a plateau is usually a facade. Usually you're in decline there and expenses are growing over time. And it's what keeps you innovating As time goes on so it doesn't have to be more profits although it can be some people want to harvest off more time but just some sort of reward for the team and the owner as time goes on greater it may be changing your procedure mix but I believe a healthy organization is always growing so we'll start there that's our end goal we asked Dr. Howard Ferran, looking back what advice would you give yourself on the day of your dental school graduation He said, find the best damn people and keep and retain them. If you have the best damn people, (laughs) you'll build the best damn business. Classic Howard. So Titans are focused on the damn business. What is the business of dentistry? I think in its simplest form, it's goodwill and case acceptance. Goodwill in its simplest form is building trust and exceeding expectations. Case acceptance in its simplest form is helping people want what they need. We have a great business model. Patients know that they should come see us every six months. And everything that we're talking about um, is most of what we're talking about outside of elective um, care, which is clearly once based is degenerative. So it gets worse with time. So nothing is ever cheaper, less painful, less time in the chair than it is today. So pretty easy business model, but we make it really hard. Uh, I think sometimes sometimes we just have to tell a patient what the problem is, what the consequence or not treatment is, and they'll ask, well, what do we do about it, doc? And so this is a, a, a really good business model for any business. Um, goodwill can easily be turned into uh, your your reputation, and case acceptance would be sales in a typical business, but you see how uh, the power payment would work for any entrepreneur as, as I build this out. We asked Dr. Paul Etchison, what's the best advice you ever receive? He said, oops, sorry, that you need to take time to run your business, not just work inside of it. Much like the theme of the e myth, you need to have time to practice with your team that doesn't involve seeing patients. You, you need to train and communicate with your team so that they can grow your practice and be the best you can be. So he's make a distinguisher of working in the business and working on the business, which they talk about in e And he spends time outside of clinical hours working on the team, which I advise all of my clients to carve out time because the, the mind, the human mind cannot hustle and innovate. Most of our clinical days are spent hustling. You can't innovate, find the holes in the bucket in your practice, develop new ideas, new marketing, Um, Even training for the team can't be done properly when you're jumping from patient to patient. So something to think about. Titans are team builders. So you'll see how this integrates into our power pyramid. So we have the organization up here, growth, goodwill, and case acceptance. Then you have the ideal team. This is directly out of a great book from Patrick Lencioni, who's a leadership expert. He says, ideal team players are hungry, humble and smart. Again, that gives me as a leader, a very simple framework to see, am I hiring the right people? Are they doing the right things? If anything's going sideways in my practice, I know it's one or more team members not performing in a hungry, humble and smart manner. Typically it's humble, meaning they're, they're putting their own agendas ahead of the team's agendas and the patient and what's in the best interest of the patient. But sometimes they're um, just being a little apathetic. Um, there's a there's a very strong distinction a leader should make between mistakes of ambition, which I reward, and mistakes of apathy, which you need to fix because that that person's not being hungry, and that will eventually become a cancer that it infects the other members of the team. So we have the organization that's supported by the team. We have the team that's supported by the values. The values. In my practice come directly out of the mission. Uh, the mission I establish, the values and the culture I have the team establish for a variety of reasons. One is I hear a lot of dentists complaining that they can't get, um, they can't get, they can't find team members with an ownership mentality. Well, you can't expect them to have an ownership mentality unless you give them some autonomy and decision-making power. Two, if you make all the policies, procedures, if all the ideas come down from higher, you're gonna spend a lot of time policing those ideas, auditing those ideas. If it's their idea, then they back it immediately because it's their baby. Um, so what I, what I typically say is if they build it, they back it. And I really wanna know what, what makes that, why, why besides a paycheck would they come to work? What makes them excited to come to work? What has them leaving fulfilled? And then that's all established in my practice, at the beginning of the year. So this is becomes the culture. It's very clear. We know when we're coloring inside the lines. We know when something is going sideways, how to bring it back. And the team knows the outcomes that we're striving for, which is growth, goodwill, and case acceptance. How hard is it for a team member to know the patients I see today, I worked really hard to exceed expectations. I worked really hard to help them want what they need. It's a very easy... Uh, framework for them to see and know if they're on course or off course. And if they're off course, either they can self correct or you can help them self correct through, um, you know, in different meetings. Um, we have one on one meetings, we have monthly meetings, we have team huddles. All of that can be corrected in very short order. But a lot of times you're frustrated, at your team, because they're not doing what you want, but you haven't given the guidelines <laughs> on what you want, which is pretty typical. And leadership frustration is that they don't, they're trying to hit targets they can't see. So you're frustrated, your patients are frustrated, and they're frustrated, but there's an easier path. So if we have this as the organization, growth, goodwill, and case acceptance, that's supported by the team, this is the organization and the culture, who supports all that? The answer is you. And that's a bitter pill to swallow for some people, um, but your name's on the door. Uh, If you own the practice, it's your license. If um, things go awry with your practice with, you know, the board or whatever, they don't care about who works for you. They care about you. And so you need to have that level of accountability. And it sounds daunting at first, but it's actually what sets you free. And uh, I'll dive into that a little bit more now. So as I mentioned, that seems like a a big weight, right? Like how do I – support, the growth, the goodwill, the case acceptance, the team, the mission, the values. Well, you can be like Atlas here and feel that burden and wear out over time. And I see tons of dentists. And I talked to tons of dentists who are bored, broke, broken, burnt out. This is what they're doing. They're giving more than what they've got. They're working on the extremes. And a lot of times that comes from a kind heart because we want to serve. We want to make everyone happy. Um, That only goes so far, though. We need a skill set and mindset. So Over here, we have Archimedes, who's lifting the same weight, essentially, but he has a tool. He has a lever. So let's build out the tools and figure out how do we actually become a higher version of ourselves? How do we increase our capacity so the problems that are a big deal in 2019 don't even bother us in 2020? We need that constant evolution, and I'll explain how and why. So let's dig into the titans a little bit, and I'll see, you'll see how this builds out. What leadership advice would you give a dentist who has an ineffective culture in their practice? Dr. Peter Bolden, fellow podcaster, fellow author, says a leader is responsible for an ineffective culture. It may be because you created a vacuum or a lack of culture, which allowed someone to fill it with a bad culture. This is typically what I see in dentistry. Side note there. Um, or simply the culture is you set out to create is ineffective or inauthentic. Either way, you need to have extreme accountability, which ironically would be a great step for creating an effective culture. So that's accountability, right? Titans are mm-hmm. accountable. And I often get this question like, what do you mean by accountable? I mean, everything is your fault. Now again, daunting, um, but you it's your practice you're responsible for everything in it. Your name's on the note, your name's on the license. Um, And again, this can be something that really sets you free because if you want to blame your team, if you want to blame the patients, if you want to blame the economy, the town, the building, whatever uh, sort of finger point you want to do, it gives, you're, you're taking your power and your control and you're giving to someone else. I'd rather keep that with me. And so the thing that I use, the kind of the mantra I use is, Uh, A practice is not limited by its opportunity. It's limited by its leader. Um, That's a process. Am I there realistically all the time? Do I blame? Yeah, from time to time. But you can improve that muscle as time goes on. If you're just self-aware to know that our default and our team's default is to be accountable. The other cool thing about accountability is you become more accountable. The best leadership is by example. What happens to your team? They become more accountable too. So, we'll
1: start there. Sorry.
0: All right, so we asked Dr. Corey Glenn. And Corey's a friend of mine and uh, I remember dialoguing with him uh, when he was going through this cancer diagnosis. We asked him, please explain the most challenging time in your career and how you moved past it and thrived on the other side. And he said, definitely it was my cancer diagnosis. It was the end of 2015, right about Christmas as I recall. We were at our prime. Everything professionally was going perfect. My practice was thriving. I was doing the kind of dentistry that I loved and my speaking career was just on the verge of taking off. However, I'd achieved all of that at the expense of many other things. i had been way too focused on work and not my family, my health, diet, or exercise. By the end of that year, I felt miserable. I began coming home every day with excruciating back pain and exhaustion and other strange symptoms. The terrible back pain and hand cramps that were hindering me professionally, finally drove me to the doctor and that's when they discovered I had acute leukemia. I was a wreck and it suddenly became clear to me that all that stuff didn't matter at all. And the only thing that did ultimately matter in my life was relationships. So that's always happens when we have a near death experience or we're next to one, I can tell you when um, Kara was kind of in her deathbed with, after she had the stents placed with her stroke, the, when the money that was in my bank account or not, the practice just didn't matter. You just wanted one more day. Um, you, people that I hadn't talked to for a long time, reached out to me in support. And you realize like nothing else matters than relationships. But all that to say, mm-hmm. dentists are clear or Titans are clear. They know what they want. They know why they want it and they know who they have to become to get it. Sorry about the graphic errors here. We asked Dr. John Nosty, what's your morning routine? He said, working out. It helps me set up my energy for the day by starting out on a positive note. So Titans are energetic. One of the things I do with a client right off the bat is can try and convince them. This is sometimes a bit of a fight. We try and convince them to sweat before work, why? Your energy when you walk into the morning huddle matters. If you got a case of the Mondays, and think that won't permeate and create some sort of apathy in the team, uh, you're sorely mistaken. And this physical body will either drive production or hold it back. Um, There is no neutral. So caring about how you feel when you walk in and kind of activating that through, for some people it's exercise, some people it's meditation, some people it's journaling, some people it's all of the above. I, I tend to think more is better here. It doesn't need a lot of time, but it just needs your attention for 10 or 15 minutes. You can thrive every day, and it actually makes the days longer. Where I used to kind of tucker out about 4 o'clock, I can just power through, and my 5 o'clock is just like my 10 a.m. because I'm being very cognizant about uh, taking care of me physically. And, again, this is a force multiplier. You'll see this in your team if you pay attention to it. What leadership advice would you give a dentist that has an ineffective culture in their practice? We asked also Dr. Rick Workman. So the key is to gain self-awareness of their strengths and weaknesses. Gain 360 anonymous feedback from their team, even if it's difficult to receive. It's feedback that needs to be learned. Ask your team for help and have the courage to listen to them. So a lot of dentists I talk to think leadership means this one directional uh, communication. He's saying it needs to be back and forth, and I couldn't agree more. If you're in a small practice, I'm a big advocate of creating a self-managing team, meaning they essentially become peers with you. Instead of creating followers, you're creating fellow leaders that have their own department, their own roles, their own responsibilities. It's good for them. It's good for you because it gets things off your plate, and it's good for the patients because Decisions can be made by the person that's in front of them. But all that to say, Titans are courageous. And I think in dentistry, every, well, in life, quite frankly, every decision can be seen as a step forward into courage or back into comfort. And that may sometimes come when you're diagnosing, sometimes when you're treatment planning. Um, A lot of times when you're leading, um, having those, Difficult conversations, while they're small, keeps them from festering and getting bigger and permeating the rest of the team and affecting the whole culture. That all takes courage because most of us aren't trained for this. But ignoring it and not being courageous usually makes a bigger problem. We asked Dr. Bruce Baird in regards to your dental career, what would you like your legacy to be, or how would you like to be remembered? He's somebody had a lot of fun doing dentistry, who helped a lot of people become more productive, which in turn allowed them more choices in their life to spend time with their families and spend more time with their kids. So when I talk about productivity and high performance, it's about what you're doing. It's about what you're getting done. It's also about getting stuff off your plate and delegating it. And time with your family, like Dr. Baird talks about here, is the most productive time. Times with friends, those relationships that Dr. Corey Glenn was talking about. At the end of your days, that's what you'll wish you had more of not an extra $10,000 in the bank account. So making sure that all of these things happening again, and, and, and versus, and not thinking it as this, uh, this tug of war, the power from your relationships can move into your practice and the power from your practice can feed your relationships and your energy and all these things. Um, if you have the right ar- architecture. Titans are productive. Again, that means getting things done. That means producing good dentistry. That means being a good leader. Meetings are productive. All of this should be kind of consciously engineered in your life. So one thing feeds another as opposed to that you feel like this guilt of I'm at work and I should be with my kids. I'm with my kids. and I should be at work or, you know, all this sort of stuff you make time for. It actually creates power and serves one another as opposed to pulls time and attention from one another. We asked Dr. Gordon Christensen, if you had to narrow down to a couple, what traits Or skills do you think are most important in running an uncommonly successful practice? He said leadership, organization, empathy for staff, excellent staff salaries, delegation of all legal tasks to staff. Titans are influencers. Influence is one of my favorite topics because most what dentists want to be, which are um, have really good case acceptance, be great leaders, make great impact in their communities and they're in our homes all boils down to influence. So um, the marketing of our practice, the case acceptance in our practice, the leading of our practice is all influence. And so sometimes, just like uh, um, what I talked about before, influence gets a bad name because we see the misuse of influence and in power. Uh, it can also, if, if it's packaged with integrity and your intentions are pure, which I hope yours are, um, it can be a true force of nature and a force multiplier and create An incredible place to work and an incredible place to go to the dentist. And so I would encourage you to start studying influence and never stop because it's a really, a very powerful lever. Um, Last comment here, what does success mean to you? Success to me means that I'm, this is Dr. Mark Costas, success to me means that I'm living what I believe is my purpose, that I'm making the world a better place and And now I'm serving the people that are most important to me the best I can. I want to be the best husband, son, father, friend, mentor that I can possibly be. So you've heard this term before in this discussion. Titans are purposeful. They know why they're doing things. It's not just chasing another buck. Um, Certainly that should be the fruits of your labor of doing things well. Executing on this should develop some cash flow for you, but that shouldn't be the pursuit. That should be the byproduct of engineering this out correctly, so now you have it all built out here, and I'll kind of dive into this leadership level and how we put this. Uh, sorry, I need to slide this over. So this bottom row: clarity, energy, courage, productivity, influence, purpose, and accountability. How do we build that over time? Well, if we're going to leverage human nature, we just start implementing habits, and not be a dentist about it because when I talk to dentists, if they're sedentary and they're on the couch, they wanna go out and run a marathon. That's not how this works. We slowly start stacking in habits, like for clarity that might be journaling, for energy that might be sweating before work, for courage that may be um, when when it comes time to diagnose and tell patients what they don't wanna hear that you do what's right as opposed to you do what's easy. And you very slowly and systematically start stacking habits in here you start changing who you are, which is your identity. You start changing your stories and your belief systems, which gives you power and drives that power straight through the the culture, straight through the practice, and allows you to reap more and more rewards over time, which I call best year every year. And it's not all about the money for me. For me, it's about time, it's about impact, but this works no matter what you're pursuing. Going back to clarity, Doesn't matter what you want. This will provide it for you as long as you do it right and as long as you do it with integrity. Again, I'm assuming you're with highly integrity people, but you also hear about the misuses of these things. So your purpose becomes to chase down the person that you're meant to become. And I use two examples all the time because they're very obvious in popular culture. This, uh, as you probably know, is Tom Brady this guy, Tom Brady at being drafted, and this guy wouldn't even hang out with each other. He's involved, evolved at such a pace to such a level that the New England Patriots are able to win championships when they barely wanted to draft this guy, right? So he's focused on not what he's doing so much as who he's becoming. And so I don't know what his habits are exactly. I know he has a book uh, that I haven't really reviewed, but he completely changes stories, beliefs and identities through habit. I can already tell you that. And the organization evolved because the leader evolved. I hope you can appreciate that. Here we have a guy on the left, we have a guy that sells books. On the right, we have the guy that sells whatever the hell he wants, the richest man in the world. this guy and this guy are two completely different guys, two different levels of confidence, two different levels of stories. This didn't happen because he was the owner of Amazon. Amazon happened because he evolved over time. Right. And you may love Tom Brady and Jeff Bezos. You may hate them, but you have to appreciate that their organizations were the byproduct, the the power of the organization, the byproduct of the leader evolving over time. And so that's, why this power pyramid is so predictable, and it leverages science. It's based on science. It leverages human nature and psychology and the things that trip us up. It helps get them out of the way very systematically, and it all connects to your purpose. And that's why I love this purpose param- or this power pyramid is because your purpose, the purpose of everyone, is to expand and serve in some way. That needs further definition. That connects your personal purpose with the purpose of your organization, which allows you no upper limit, which is kind of exciting. Again, somewhat daunting, but there's never an upper limit to any of these characteristics. Therefore, there's never an upper limit to your organization if you use this system. So most people, when they're tired, they're frustrated, they're exhausted, they have an engineering fail, and so that's what you see here, an engineering fail. I don't know how they're going to figure out this bridge issue, but these cars over here on the left are not getting to the right, and the cars on the right are not getting to the left unless they figure something out, and that's why most dentists that I talk to are those things I mentioned before. They're exhausted. They're burnt out. They're bored. They're something other than fulfilled. It's because no one gave us a good leadership architecture, a leadership architecture to start with self-leadership and drive that into the organization. But the highest performers over the long term know this. This is the secret. But this is excellent architecture. This is me as a soldier boy at the pyramids of Giza. Just like the the power pyramid, it's timeless. It's majestic. People are in awe of it if you can figure it out. It allows the power pyramid allows you to integrate your life into work and your work and a life. So you don't not chase in this fallacy of work-life balance. You're continually getting power. And if things go sideways, which they will, like my my health situation, might be a finance, my wife's health situation, it might be a financial situation, you know how to go back on track because you just double down on what's working. Sometimes that's your spirituality, sometimes that's your health. You don't rush into the fire and fix it necessarily. You become a bigger version of yourself even temporarily so that you have the energy to fix the problem. It's a staffing problem, it's a patient problem. Now you know what to lean on because there'll always be something working in your life to support that. There'll be fires burning as well, but you double down on what's working so that you can fix what's not working and get back on the path of purpose that we talked about today.
1: So, right on
0: time, about an hour in. um, If any of you have any questions, I know that's like super high level. Everything that we've done leading up to this, the other six or seven hours, um, really dive into each of those habits, the accountability, the clarity, energy, courage, productivity, influence, um, and how to build that out. But now you see how it all ties together and how your purpose as a, as a human, as a leader, as an owner of a practice, connects to your practice purpose, and now you've got a sustainable model that can just get better over time, and it works as long as you work the system. So you have to trust the system and not think it's too good to be true. Um, so I welcome any questions that you may have. Um, before we do that, I want to give a big thank you to Nair and everyone at Equal Marketing they put a lot of time and energy into setting this up, developing the archives that are available to you. Um, I think there's some really valuable content. Um, I know it's created lots of big breakthroughs in my practice and life. Most of the success in my practice and my life, I've been at this startup that I mentioned before for 10 years now. Almost all of it, all the magic has happened in the last few years. And it's all a byproduct of working these systems again and again and again. Am I perfect at it? No. Um, but I'm constantly refining and trying to improve and, um, there's no end in sight because it works. And if you work it, like I said, you can have your best year every year. What questions do you have? If no questions, you can always reach out to me, dr.dave at I have stuff that's constantly being posted on Instagram, my podcasts, have been, uh, they're all archived for the last six or seven, uh, six years, six years. <laughs> Seems like an eternity when I say that. That's when podcasting was just a, an infant. Um, now there's lots of great podcasts. So something that I tell um, clients and people that I talk to is that it's amazing because these resources, these webinars, like they weren't available. And in 2019, it's the information age and ignorance is a choice or, yeah, it's a choice. And um, they used to be, all this information used to cost tens of thousands of dollars and be kept in these silos of CE and, and consultants that would help your clinical prowess and your, and your practice, and now it's all at your fingertips. So take it, digest it, utilize it, because there's no bigger thank you I can get from teaching this information to see somebody implement it and start having the breakthroughs. Um, so again reach out if that can be a resource for you any specific questions i can answer for you before i close this out does it all make sense and do you see how it all ties together and it becomes a matter of just being very strategic and um, ritualistic habitual about um, who you're becoming and what you're doing both inside and outside of the practice it's a real foreign concept i think especially in dentistry and um Therefore, I know I'm kind of introducing this model a lot of times. And as you think about it, it has more and more layers to it. But um, I'm, I'm glad that I was able at the end of these modules to kind of pro- provide an overview um, and see how it really connects. I hope you can see how it really connects to who you are, who you want to be. And it's also one of the hardest things, one of the biggest challenges I have in um, coaching dentists, is that we become so academic, so cerebral, that we have to reconnect our head to our heart. And purpose work is a lot of times um, going back to what do we love? Why did we get into dentistry? What did I enjoy doing as a kid? When am I in flow, where time seems to disappear and I can just do this perpetually and become somewhat obsessed and highly productive with a certain project? And the more we digging around, and the more self awareness we have there the more breakthroughs and the quicker they come. So thank you all. Uh, I appreciate your attention. It's an honor to serve you.